Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 87. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host, the toxic Bernie bro that the media warned you about, Tom Smiley, and we're here to talk about Legacy. And Super Tuesday. Actually, not really Super Tuesday, but yeah, we... I am a toxic Bernie bro on the internet. I spread nothing but negativity. If you listen to last week's podcast, you can you can see exactly how that stereotype sticks. So, I heard you broke your snake button on your keyboard. Is that true? I don't have a snake button on my keyboard. I don't know what we're talking about. Oh, oh we're talking. Oh, we're talking about the. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot <laughs> that I was a toxic Bernie bro. Yes, yeah. I um. We have to record a day late because I was doing nothing but talking trash on the internet about a certain other candidate all yesterday. Wow, so we're really letting the audience in this week, huh? We're, that, that's we're... a joke, everybody. That's a joke. <laughs> no, we couldn't record last night because your union contract said you were over your hours, right? <laughs> no, I was just really tired. <laughs> I yeah. uh, There's been so much stuff going on. And so it's much cool. stuff to get ready for. Yeah, like the fucking coronavirus? Is that I, oh, man, I went straight doomsday prepper this weekend. My my family like sort of works in the medical field and I've been getting a ton a ton of sort of behind the scenes look into what's going on and everybody's stocking up everybody's getting ready for people to uh, really be be afraid to go outside so we'll see what and happens this is the time in your life honestly when these shit's about to hit the fan when you're really glad you know a libertarian right just throwing that out there. We we uh we actually have a pretty exciting episode though, and I kind of want to bring in our guests a little early to talk about these uh, hot topics. We have the literate and stylish Brian Cook on the line. Hello. Did you just say Brian? I did. Yeah, dude. That was not intentional. Okay. I wasn't. I, I wasn't even trying to dig at you, bro. Call me Ryan for short, please. Ryan. Yeah. All right. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on, man. I know that you are picking up, resuming. Do you own the rights to the Eternal Glory podcast? How does that work? I would think so now, uh, considering the other two original members left. I do own the website domain. That is in my name. So is the uh, the donations. So you're Chuck D and Bob's oh. Flavor Flav. Is that what you're saying? I think so. Nice, smart, Old cover, cover your Huang. ass. Yeah. <laughs> Best some cover your ass, bro. I like that. Smart. So can how, I be Suge Knight in this example? Like, can I go back later and fuck their shit up? Bro, you don't have one-tenth of the girth. You might have half the age, though, now that you're in your 30s, right? 31 as of yesterday. Oof, you're so, old. Yeah. Happy sure birthday, happy birthday, person by on the this way. podcast, though. Thank you. The youngest person? I would guess. I mean, Tom's probably 38 to 41, and Ian, you look no less than 50. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. All right. I, honestly, dude, I thought Bryant was a lot older. Like, I, and I'm not just, like, trying to get your go right now. I, I thought you were older than me until yesterday. Because he's so much uh, more well-spoken and intelligent? Yeah, you're, you're very well put together, man. Like... You had, uh, like, when I first, like, started to become aware of you, you know, a few weeks ago or whatever, I noticed you had a flat-out deck <laughs> and uh, all signed and, and Korean and, and such. And I was like, man, this dude is, uh, 
this dude's old school, you know? Like, you have this very old school sort of gestalt, right? Like, this 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 very uh, throwback sort of persona. So, my deck is Japanese, not Korean. Just throwing that out there because it could be taken as offensive. Uh, but I've been playing Magic for a very long time. Uh, I've been playing since about 2002, and I've never quit. So, when I started playing uh, Magic magic at my local game store was legacy like people played standard but like legacy is what was the hot format so i guess back then it was 1.5 which became legacy so i've been playing that entire time and i've been posting on the source for a majority of the time like i was there from like the beginning of the source up until it started to be kind of bad uh but i was 16 or 14 at the time so while everyone else was much older than me I grew up posting on the source, so you'll see a lot of my older posts are kind of stupid. Uh, so a lot of people that have been around for a while assume that I'm sort of older. Damn, so you were really, you were there from the beginning. So, like, you could even say all oh, this was all your fault. The source? Yeah, like the, the whole growth of Legacy, right? Uh, I don't want to take uh, claim or brags for that. I developed one average combo deck. Okay, and how long has that been your favorite weapon? trying to think of something funny i got nothing uh, <laughs> what? Something funny uh i've been playing the epic storm since august of 2006 that's Damn. that's awesome that you were able to like that the time worked out that when you were like 14 to 16 is when you got started and you 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 had that time in your life where you could be like really really focused on something without real life getting in the way to just develop how good you are at that if that makes yeah. any sense and it ended up working out really well with my career path as well. I was actually thinking about this the other day, unrelated, because Ian only asked me to be on the podcast this morning. But uh, so I was thinking about how well being like a, a leader of an archetype or the face of an archetype ended up working out with me wanting to be a web designer growing up. Like I knew for a long time that I wanted to be quote unquote in air quotes an artist but then like in high school i realized i really wanted to do web design and graphic design and then i ended up working at an agency which got me a lot of marketing experience and just overall advertising experience which ended up working really well for when i ended up making the epic storm.com yeah your yeah, that's awesome brand building has been sort of outstanding your website's like awesome I was trying to come Thank up with Tom. a better adjective, but yeah, awesome. Awesome will work. <laughs> I appreciate it. And so like in a way, you never really made a scene, right? They came to you because you, you were out there with their web design and everything. What do you mean made a scene? I'm just not sure if I follow. I don't know. I'm not sure where I was going with that. but. So back in the day, I used to have really, really so there's, you know, like when people would make a thread on the source, how there used to be like, they would claim the first four posts and then they would edit them. Yeah. Well, mine actually were four posts because they, there was a, a word limit on each post. And my intro post was just so long that it ended up taking four full posts. And after a while, I was like, you know, I've learned how to code a basic website. I wonder if I can do this on my own. And originally I started coming up with the, like initial versions of the epicstorm.com. And if you look back on the Wayback Machine from... Uh, 2020 is the site's fifth anniversary, so if you look at like early 2015 compared to what we have now, it's night and day. Not only do you see my design skill get better, but also the organization and how things flow. It's a pretty drastic improvement. 
and the fact that like you've recruited a really good team to produce content so like it's your website and, and you've done all of that but you have some really really good people doing stuff for you too that's that's I've, sort of what i like to see yeah um definitely we have a great team right now but we've also had a lot of former great um writers in the past uh, Anthony Laverde is no longer with us, but he's a terrific Storm player, terrific person. Uh, Jasper Gardner-Birch. Cyrus was with us for a moment. Um, AJ writes with us now and again. Plenty of skilled magical wizards. Yeah, that's awesome. We were able to have Alex on recently to talk about the archetype, and really enjoyed that deep dive. But I might have listened to that one. Yep. He was uh, very, very complimentary of you, but... Also wanted to make sure we recognize that the team had a big role in, in the development of the deck at this point. That's very true. I would agree with that. So, nice, dude. The benevolent leader. I appreciate that. So you requested that we not talk about Breach, so I'm trying to figure out how to segue into our next Can segment. we tell them why? Yes. Well, uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. The Eternal Glory podcast is coming back this week. Uh, the episode will be going live on Friday. I don't know when you guys drop. I believe Thursday. Yeah, tomorrow night, Thursday morning. Okay. So the Eternal Glory podcast will be going live. You can find it at soundcloud.com slash the Eternal Glory podcast or just the Eternal Glory podcast.com. It will probably be posted to Reddit. Uh, but our entire episode is on Underworld Breach. So I'd hate to talk about the same thing twice. Yep. So, so for people who haven't updated their feed in iTunes or whatever, like their podcast feed, is it just going to download for them or did you change the uh, RSS? The RSS is still the same. Okay. You just won't be hearing Anrag's ambitious voice in the beginning. Maybe ambitious wasn't the right word there. Uh, gleeful voice. Yeah, very hopeful, right? Yeah. He's certainly a bundle of joy who will be missed. No, He was definitely the, he was like the white pill of the Legacy podcast scene, man. He was always very like cheery, very uh, buoyant. Yeah. He's uh, not only a very skilled wizard, he's a good content producer. And uh, a great podcaster. He was. I honestly wasn't familiar with his content until I till the Eternal Glory podcast, but I was very impressed. We'll I don't know. I don't know why we're selling him right now because he's not on your podcast, right? I'm sorry. Because he's still a good person and yeah. a friend, even if he left me for greener pastures. Oh, bro! Speaking of leaving for greener pastures, what's this shit? You're counter signaling legacy on Twitter today. Wait, what? You're like, I, I, I don't want to play Legacy in Missouri. I want to go to Star City Modern or something like that. That is not what it said. It said the opposite of that. Oh, really? Uh, I am flying to Missouri instead of playing in a Star City Open in my hometown. Oh, good for you, man. I, I took the opposite from that. No, Edgar, uh, I don't know how to say his last name, Megal Hayes. Uh, we call him a Megalish. tweet about how he's flying to... I don't know, some bumfuck city in the Midwest. And instead of playing in Grand Prix Toronto and Edgar's hometown, and then that's he was like advertising for Star City. So I said, hey, I'm flying to Missouri instead of playing in a Star City in my hometown because I'd rather play Legacy. No, you were like five years ago. I couldn't imagine I'd be... All right, now no. I get it. I get it now. No, Never you mind. just don't know how to read. I'm sorry, Ian. Yeah, remind basic, me not to ever act Basic again, reading comprehension. Yeah. I'll make a donation so he can finally give you that hooked on phonics. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we, we do have sort of a uh, responsibility to our listeners. I saw some of our listeners going out there and fighting the battle against Banning Breach for us this week. 
And there was the the big announcement on Monday from the Magic Twitter account that there will be a ban on Monday, March 9th. So a few days from when this podcast comes out, you have to assume at this point, right? If they're if they're announcing a ban, it's got to be for at least modern, right? Like standard Pioneer Modern are the formats that they're thinking about. I don't think I they would announce. I don't ban. think they have paid much attention to the legacy results. Right. True. I exactly. also agree with that. So do you, I mean? I was assuming that if we were going to get bans, they would be piggybacked onto another format. And I'm still kind of under that assumption. Like, I don't think that this announcement is specifically for Legacy. I would agree. So whatever gets banned, whether it's Pioneer, Modern Card, whatever, not really concerned about that. But there's a lot of speculation right now, and a lot of people are setting odds that Breach will be banned on Monday. And it's possible because it's, you know, it's a nice attempt, uh, nice opportunity to piggyback onto another format ban. So we've talked a little bit about this, not seeing the results necessarily online to feel comfortable uh, recommending a ban for Breach. I saw some people saying that six out of the top 16 of the uh, showcase event were Breach decks and that the finals, the finals was Callum versus Marcus on the Breach Mirror. And dude, all week Marcus was sending me updates on his how he was doing with Breach. He's like, I'm 36 and four. I'm 46 and four right now. I'm 55 and five. Like as as he would play like two leagues, he would update me on his record to, I think to to show me the strength of the deck, right? But what I actually saw in these results, another way you could look at it, if you're not using you know the exact endpoints that look the worst, are only six of the top 32 being Breach decks, and. Keep in mind, Legacy is a casual format. People will play their pet deck no matter what. This is true. I don't think that looking at a variety... So this is a 130-player event. I think that in Legacy... Way to nitpick me. Uh, We're we're a little more precise in this podcast, sorry. (laughs) Are we? That's one way of putting it. Uh, It's It's only wishful thinking, I'm sorry. Legacy is a much more diverse format than other formats to begin with because the card pool is so much more vast than other formats. So you're going to have people that register Goblins, even though they know Goblins isn't a tier deck. So that deck can do fine at beating up like Grixis Delver strategies, but it obviously it's not very good against combo. But, you know, people have their decks. In a format like Legacy, even the best deck in the format rarely hits over 10%. So I think... Six out of top 32 or six out of top 16 speaks volumes. It does, but the pilots who are playing the deck, right? We had Callum, we had Marcus, we had Max, we had Rich Shea. Like, I don't think anybody's arguing that those aren't four of the best players playing in the challenge, right? I mean, there's a lot of great players playing in the challenge, right? But I'm just saying we had very strong pilots playing the deck. And... I'm going to assume we had a lot more than six players entering with the deck in the field of 132. So Sure, but like good players also just want to play the best deck, and that's what Breach is. I do think it's the best deck, but I, I just don't... I don't know. I, and I do think it's having a profound effect on the metagame right now. But I just would rather if we waited to see more data to ban it. Like... There's some stuff we're going to get into later in this podcast that I think is effective in combating the deck that we're seeing pop up, but I I really, uh, 
I wish we had more time, but with the way the bands are set up now and, and needing to piggyback on other formats, I could kind of understand just getting it out of the way now if they anticipate that they're definitely going to have to do it in two or three months because they have access to more data than we do, right? So I would like to say that I don't think it's going to be banned on Monday. I wish it was. It's just I don't expect it to be. But I will say this. I think Underworld Breach is the most powerful card that's been allowed in Legacy since Flash. Hmm. And typically I err on the side of, I'm very anti-ban. If you follow my Twitter, I am usually very, very anti-ban. The problem is that Monday or six months from now, it's not going to change that nothing stops Breach from being the best deck in the format. And I'd rather not play a lame duck format for six months. So that's sort of just my take on it. Because uh, I don't think that letting players try to solve Breach is going to get anywhere. So if it was a lower power level card, I would agree with you. I thought that Renin 6 could have been dealt with over time. I, that's honestly how I felt. Like when it left, I was like, it's nice to go. But I think if you gave it four to six months, its percentage would go down. I don't think that's even possible with Underworld Breach. Yeah, I don't know. I have some complex opinions there, I guess. I, I don't I'm not fully in agreement or disagreement with you. I think that you're probably right with regard to breach needing to go eventually. I just uh I'm I'm not sure that we've really pushed the the boundaries. I mean, how many weeks has it been out for at this point? Like six or seven? Yeah, something I think like that. Wizards historically has taken a much slower approach with legacy. So obviously their announcement schedule changes might change that a little bit but i think most people are looking for uh, pioneer and modern to sort of be what the monday focus is going to be about but to go back to the whether or not we ban it monday or in six months from now what are the best ways of combating breach i can edit that out if that's something that you went deep dive in on your podcast brian it is but we can still cover it i guess i'll just be more quiet i'll let you two talk well, I, I think that a couple of the things that haven't really been explored are the idea of like a Rip Helm that we've been talking about recently a little bit. Like maybe that's not the best deck. Maybe that's just too inefficient against the rest of the format. But I'd like to see you know people trying it. Also, uh, Relic of Progenitus is a card that we saw pop up again this week, and you know I think I think that card's a little underexplored as a main deck card. You know, usually you've only seen it in decks like. Uh, food chain for main deck but there was a, a doomsday deck actually that popped up this week that i saw was running main deck relic that i thought was really cool and honestly the, the way that people are talking about the deck i've looked at a lot of people's data sets now and they really don't agree on much of anything like there are some people who claim that the delver matchup is very favorable there's some people who claim it's the only matchup that's unfavorable and it's slightly unfavorable there are some people who claim that the the snow decks are the only decks that they're losing to there are other people who claim it's the easiest matchup like there is nothing consistent about the data sets i've seen i kind of got off the, the first topic there but no yeah i i understand it's really hard to like like combine sets of data from different players because everybody has their own individual play style and if you look at how somebody navigates a certain matchup it's very different from player to player. So you could take the same list and the same matchup and depending on how somebody plays it, end up coming out with very different results. So that that doesn't surprise me. 
But talking about, hey, maybe Relic of Progenitus should see more main deck play than it has been, isn't isn't making that statement just saying how powerful how powerfully Breach is warping the format already? Oh yeah, and and that's sort of where I came in at is that I think Breach is already having a profound effect on the format, like which decks we're seeing rise to the top. But I'm just not sure that we've necessarily gone all the way. And like I think that are we all still here? Uh, yeah. Hello. Okay. Sorry, I Skype. For what Skype. it's worth, I think Relic is a terrible card, and you shouldn't play it. I mean, it's not a good card in just to put in your deck, right? Like, it'd be terrible to put in a Delver deck. It'd be terrible to put in, like, a... Miracles? Pile deck or a Miracles, right. I'm saying, like, a deck that would play it anyway, right? Like the Doomsday deck we were just talking about. But I think that, basically, that there are still strategies that can be explored. I do think that it's tremendously warping, so if it goes, it goes. But I don't know, man. I just I feel like I'm not ready to throw in the towel on this fight. So uh, our good friend Robert Huang posted an interesting uh, table to Twitter where Bobbert posted the time in which a card was legal. And I think it's actually pretty interesting because it goes against a lot of what people were saying. And I know that this was a very long time ago, but after the update and the rules, Flash was banned in under a month. So Oh, yeah, me, it was pretty I, much... I think that, instantaneous there was gp flash and then it was banned the next week before right. uh future site came out exactly. in 2007 but it shows that wizards was willing to make a change based on power level when they knew something was far too good and they reacted quickly and i understand that was 13 years ago at this point however it's been somewhat close over the, a couple times over the history of legacy since then. mental misstep was banned in four months treasure cruise was banned in four months uh, they let Dig Through Time go for a year. It's probably too much time. Yeah. Um, but all uh, of those sort of had a big paper event that precipitated that. They've never really done that based off of online results. So I'll ask you a question, Tom. Yep. Would you say that Legacy is more of a paper format or a digital format in 2020? I would say it is more of a digital format for sure. However, the history has been these these bands have kind of been reactionary to a large paper event, right? And in in having such, I don't want to say a small sample size because Wizards has quite a bit of data, but having a small window to take a look at this deck, we're talking less than a month, it's really hard to separate the whether or not the win percentage is are these the really good pilots that are really on the ball with legacy? Would they be winning at this with this at the same percentage with a different deck? Is it the deck that's fundamentally broken? Have people not figured out the correct way to attack it? Like we don't have all the data that wizards does to take a look at it. Right. All right. So there's a couple of points there. I would like to argue. Okay. So one, I would agree. Legacy is a more digital format right now. And you're saying that they usually do this after a large paper event well if the format is more of a digital format now and we just had a large digital event why not look at the digital results where we had a mirror in the finals of jeskai breach versus jeskai breach but also we have the perfect example in onrog dos where onrog has been streaming breach every single day to a win rate while streaming where people can ghost him to above 80 percent 
Anurag, like whether he's willing to admit this or not, knows that he's getting ghosted sometimes. He's too much of a nice person to ever say anything on the stream, but he knows that it's happening. And if someone's cheating against you and you're still winning above 80% with this list, that says something. But Wizards can look at data from when Anurag was playing Miracles and was struggling to get a 60 win percentage. <laughs> and I'm not trying to make fun of Anurag here. No, but the I fact know. Of the it's matter just... is that like, the four-color snow, snow codec wasn't winning for Anurag. There was a period where he was just losing a lot, especially on stream. So if you're willing to go look at that data from where Anurag couldn't buy a win to where all of a sudden he's an 85% champion, is that the deck or is that Anurag? Because he's the constant. Well, our, uh, let's go back to when Anurag was playing like real miracles before before the top ban. Like how did his win percentage compare then to now with the combo deck? You know what I I'm saying? I think that's like, too far of a gap. That's not fair because we're not talking about top miracles versus breach we're talking about last month versus this month well i think if we want to talk about the power level of the deck that precipitated a ban maybe we should start comparing that because i don't think anybody is saying that four color snow miracles is a deck that mindlessly needs to be banned because of power level have you ever checked reddit there are a lot of people saying okay listen which is uh... which is a shitty because i understand your point and you're you're making a good point but unfortunately that was the wrong way to make that argument because okay. there's so many I, people i i don't i was I about don't, to bury you tom i don't read reddit i definitely don't but i, I like the power level of those two decks like it's not it, sure it's not it's not close but to the people same. are calling for three cards three individual cards to be banned out of the snow codec that never once happened with top miracles they want oko Labe, and veil band I think that the only thing that should be banned is Breach. I think that Legacy is a format full of powerful cards, and we should be allowed to play with powerful cards, but if something is so dominant that nothing else is viable, then you take action. And honestly, and I wasn't going to share this, but like I'm like I'm about 50-50 on playing Breach at the 20k in three weeks. Just because like it's so much better than TES, which is a tier one deck. TES at this point is a tier one deck. It's fifth overall on Goldfish. But I think Breach is twice as good as TES. It's twice as good as Snowco. Like, there's actually just, like, if you want to win, there's no reason to not play it. So how much of that is that you've played tests for a long time and everyone's caught on to everything you do? None of that. My None name is that? Bryant Cook on Moto. I go into every match at a disadvantage, and I still have a very high win rate. Fair. Yeah, you've never audibled off. Of... When was the last time you played something other than tests in a big tournament? He played it's, Miracles in the um, Legacy, uh, I forget the name of it. Premier League. Premier, yeah, Premier League, yeah. I also played Humans. I like using that uh, event as a way of playing other decks. But don't you have uh, to play other decks in that event? No, I can play whatever I want. I could play TES every single round if I wanted to, but it's oh, just okay. not as fun. Right. Um, I play other decks in local sometimes. Last year there was a period where I played Miracles for about a month and a half. Uh, I haven't played Miracles in paper since Oko, though, just because I don't feel like getting them. Right. Uh, I've played Delver a few times. My Delver and Miracles decks are actually very nice in paper. Other than not owning Oko. I believe it, man. You've got quite the impressive collection from what I've seen. It's but... quite a paradigm shift to... Uh, I'm sorry, I was trying to figure out a way to transition. So a local, <laughs> to me, Colin Chilbert 
who uh, you might recognize from his heyday on the source is the member Diabolos, who shortened to D. He's actually a founding member of mtgthesource.com. Uh, is from Syracuse, New York. And recently he's been playing a Paradigm Shift deck in paper at our locals at From the Vault Games. Shout out, sponsorship, words, things. And he's built this Shift deck as if it were the Breach deck. So you have your 12 blue cantrips, you have your Orm's Chance, you have your Teferis, you have your Force of Wills. But instead of playing the Breach combo, he's just playing 4 Oracle, 4 Shift, 4 Relic. So you dodge all the Grave Hate. The deck plays almost identical. It's super resilient. Um, it's very, very powerful. I faced him three times in the last three weeks, and I'm 0-3. Um, even if Breach got banned, I could see this deck taking Breach's spot. I As soon as I saw that there was a list with Paradigm Shift, I, I immediately fell in love with it. Because, like... Maybe maybe you went straight to the competitive side when you started playing Magic early on. But I had like a lot of kitchen table time before I really started to play in tournaments. And I remember a Soldevi Digger Paradigm Shift balance deck that one of my old roommates used to play that would just completely strip their library down to one card and then recur balance over and over again. And I have fond memories of playing kitchen table Magic against that deck. I've played a lot of uh, more casual magic, but I've grown up in an area where... So the source was actually partially founded out of Syracuse. So being a kid, I was thrown into the deep waters very early. A lot of very strong players in the area were very, very good magic players. Um, team Sped, who was an early Pro Tour team, is actually from Syracuse. And so I grew up playing with people that were much better than me. And it's part of the reason I actually use Japanese cards is all these players that were much better than me all use Japanese cards. And from a very young age, I was like, I want to be like them. I want to play with Japanese cards. And more, the reason I do it now is a little bit different. So like more paying homage to the people that were before me. But we don't really need to get into that. When you picture young Bryant, this is a question for Tom. When you picture young Bryant at these tournaments, does he have like the same face and haircut and clothes, but he's just like a miniature Bryant? No facial hair. I, I'm imagining uh, same same sort of hairstyle, no facial hair. Maybe the glasses weren't the same style. I, I'm, I'm just imagining what what everything was like back then. Uh, still a New York Mets hat, still probably a buttoned-up collared shirt, khakis. This is this is me. This you two is, are giving me far too much credit. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just this is this is where we're going with it, and like just like a a, a slightly sh- more shrunken Bryant. Exactly. Yeah, I, I just so, picture uh, like a mini Bryant with a clipboard. Yeah. I was a chubby kid. I mean, I'm still a little bit chubby now, but I was more overweight. Um, I graduated high school at 220. I'm about Whoa. like one, I'm like 170 right now, uh, or that's not true. Like 175. Uh, I'm like 175 right now, and I worry a lot of like. So I still love Taking Back Sunday. Ian knows this, but I worry a lot of Taking Back Sunday and the used hoodies. I had an awful like bowl cut haircut. I wouldn't say bowl cut, but it was like a mess of a haircut, and. Uh, a lot, I don't even know what to call them, but like kids my age wore a lot of like barbell earrings. Uh, it was a really bad look with like really thin wire black glasses. Um, yeah, wow. it was not a good look. I'm sorry, man. I didn't yeah. realize. I didn't and know you were a fan of Taking Back Sunday. Have, 
What? So, I didn't know you were a fan of Taking Back Sunday either. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I have uh, Tell All Your Friends framed on my wall. The album. The vinyl. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Wow. Are there any more personal questions that you have? No, no. That, that's, well, that's now, now, now that we've gone that into detail, I'm trying to think if we can think of any more. Well, I just love how you were attacking me for even mentioning Relic, and then the first deck that you sing the praises of has four Relics in it. Okay, we can talk about that. Well, one, you're talking about using it in a fair way where this deck does I was not, bro. I said Doomsday. Yeah, but... Do- oh, I did so say Fuji. Outside of Alien Formula Chaya, that deck is unplayable. I'm sorry, I did say Fuji. I would never want to sleeve up Doomsday in a format where people are playing Brain Freeze. Well, so that's why I think Emrakul has to be part of your deck. Okay. I was thinking about this today. Like, decks that I think could win against So Fuji. you resolve Doomsday... And you, you and have then, to keep Emrakul in your pile. So right, are you just fine when you're playing on the Sheldock plan? So they wait for you to draw your last card to win with Oracle, and then they brain freeze you. Yeah, true. Wait. Yeah, true. Unless I guess you could keep or uh, you could keep Emrakul as your last card, I guess. I'm trying to but think now of you're that. Just yeah. a bad card in your deck for no reason. Well, there's the Sheldock Isle plan that you could implement too. But, but that needs to be underneath the Sheldock then. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying if you're not playing against Breach, you can do that. <sighs> anyway, I, I I really didn't iron this plan out for having Brian on the podcast. I was thinking this was. I'm gonna you, you would have everything you, you absolutely would have gotten it by me. I'd yeah, like, oh, that's a great sh- idea. Yeah. I was trying to get it by, you know, Victor Martinez here. I did not realize that we were going to have... Bobby Bonilla on the podcast? Ivan Rodriguez Nice. Himself. I prefer a much younger Keith Hernandez. Better mustache. <laughs> was he a player or just an announcer? He was a player. He was on that 86 team that fucking crushed the Boston Red Sox. My grandfather said some really, really awful things during that. I... <laughs> yep some things that cannot be repeated was he from so, the old uh, country uh no what? he was not he was uh i think second generation irish and okay. um yep did not have high opinions on some of the mets players <laughs> so while we record so. this there are 16 signed baseballs on my desk and five of them are from the 86 world series team you have wow. Doc Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, Keith Hernandez, uh, Lenny Dykstra. Okay, and and where's the other one? My bad. I have four. Uh, the fifth old one I have is a Tom Seaver, but that was but that's the seventies, not eighties. That was actually my birthday gift from Beth uh, this year. I get one signed baseball every year for my birthday. That's Very awesome. Nice. So, did you meet Straw? I did. It was actually really cool. He came to Syracuse for a hockey game for some reason, and uh, was doing a limited signing, and I was first in line, so I actually got a photo with uh, them. That's sick. Yeah, when when I lived in Stanford, he would just be out at the bars once in a while, so I, I met him a couple times that way. He's a uh, he's a nice, really nice guy, super nice guy. Yeah. Not a Mets fan, but uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I my first baseball game was actually at Shea Stadium. I think 
it was like 88. It was definitely after the Red Sox World Series, but I, I went to New York and I got to Holy see... Holy shit, Tom. Are you like 70? What? <laughs> I'm not... I'm not... I'm, I, I'm in the range that you said that you thought that I was in. But, <laughs> but yes, I'm old. Uh, my student... One of my students today called me Boomer. And well, um, that would be accurate. They were, they were not being ironic. So that's that's my life now. My li- I'm I'm debating whether or not I want to sell magic cards to buy new windows for the house. I'm old. I'm past my prime and my my life is ending. So I heard that on the episode that you had Alex on and I would like to say that I bought a house last year and I haven't had to sell any of my collection for home improvements yet. Well, it helps that in Syracuse a house costs like $40,000 cuz it's a dump in the middle of nowhere. I edited that comment in after. I just wanted to see if Bryant was going to listen to the podcast. Well, it's not that I have to. It's that I want to finish my attic and do some other stuff. And I have all this extra stuff where I just decided to play Death and Taxes anyway. So why am I holding on to it? That's the strife that I'm going through right now. And Alyssa, Alyssa was like, I have a great idea for your podcast, Tom. You should have Matt on and have him debate somebody who wants you to keep your collection and then see how that turns out. So we know well, where I mean, my if wife you're just going to play bad decks like Beth, Death and Taxes at every event, why keep everything else? It's true. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. 30, 32% to win, Mr. I'm just always, saying that I enjoy your donation to my top eight prize every month. Or, <sighs> or should I say every quarter? Every quarter. We got another one coming up June 6th. I think it is. Oh, she's not the day I'm getting married. Uh, I thought they said a date. Maybe I just, maybe I wasn't supposed to say that. I I thought it was June 27th. I can't attend, but uh, I'll defeat you in spirit. Okay. No, I thought, I thought it was June 2nd or June 6th. I don't think I've faced Ian at a single one of these yet. No. Why is that Ian? No, I'm, I'm pretty certain that we've not faced off. I would say that's probably because you didn't start coming until like three tournaments ago. Uh, that is not true. He, you no. won the first one, didn't you? I did. Okay. I scrubbed out of the second one. I could not attend the third one because Jerry scheduled it as the same day as Star City Philly, which was a legacy open. And I could not attend the fourth one. I top eighted the fourth one, and top eighted the fifth one, top eighted the sixth one. Yeah, we must have just missed each other. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's it's been rough, man. I've had, I've had a rough patch, but I I you really tend do to play uh, uh, okay decks other than Stoneblade. Well, so you were the, playing you were playing Delver last time. Delver is a reasonable deck. The only two times I've I've played something other than Stoneblade at one of these things is the last two times. But yeah, so should we tell the the fans? About the meme that I made a few two weeks ago. Oh, I don't know of this. So I want to say probably like leaving a legacy three. Ian comes up to me and goes, "Hey man, can you look at my stone blade list? I'd really like to know your thoughts." And I'm looking at it and I'm like, "Okay, this looks like a bunch of stone blade cards." And I'm counting cards and I realize I'm like, "There's not ponders in this list." And I get to the back and there's two ponder. And I'm like, Ian, there's two ponder here. And Ian's like, yeah, I'm playing Spell Snare over it. I'm like, Ian, there's two ponders here. He goes, fine, I'll add a third. And I'm like, Ian, there's two ponders here. He's like, no, I'm playing Spell Snare. 
And uh, so Ian purposely ran less than four pounder in his list. Yeah, Ian on the next cast blamed you for getting into his head about his deck list before the tournament and <laughs> called you out for his performance. I just, I want to let you know that we can go back and listen to it, but. Thanks for clearing it up, Tom. You're welcome. I'm glad. I'm glad that I could. I could go back in time to let everybody relive. That I'm sure moment. that it was me getting in Ian's head and nothing else. <laughs> Spitting facts, man. I appreciate it. I would never try to do that to Ian. I got the I got the assist from uh, from my Pete Buttigieg podcast host Tom Smiley. Yes, I'm going to be dropping it. out of the podcasting race and giving all of my support to the more moderate Bryant Cook. I just want to let everybody know. Man, you just maybe Joe Biden. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> you know the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that today. Oh, oh it's going to be a disaster. It's just going to be two guys with Alzheimer's just screaming at each other on stage. It's going to be glorious. <sighs> do we want to live in that world? Which guy with dementia do you like more? I, I actually heard a... a... Not a conspiracy theory, just a, a normal sort of theory. Both, if both candidates agree that they don't want to debate, they actually cannot hold debates, apparently. And they're saying that there's a possibility that they just wouldn't hold debates. Like, what? how sad would that be? Well, I did hear a rumor recently. I don't know how true this is, but Trump's nutrition has tried to sneak vegetables into his food and yes. wasn't having it. Yes! We, we had a long conversation about cauliflower last week, all right? Because my kid thinks cauliflower is ucky, and he threw it in the trash, and Rich Shea agreed. And the next day, we got a new story about cauliflower. So we're we're tuned in. Our so podcast I'll is relevant. So I will say this. Broccoli is my favorite vegetable. It is a tier one vegetable. Amen. Uh, I don't think that I've had cauliflower since I was seven or eight i was at a friend's house their parents told me i couldn't leave the table until i ate my half plate of cauliflower i told them to call my parents and <laughs> I, I did not have to eat the cauliflower i did Bro, eat all of the corn though you rules lawyered your fucking friend's parents as a yeah, child not gonna eat that shit that's awesome and favorite vegetable oh uh, it's, it's well okay it's Technically, it's broccoli, but I would say it's green beans, except they're they're really a fruit. Okay, I, I'm I'm going cucumber, but I think technically those may be a fruit as well. That's also a fruit, yes. But I I, I are zooks a fruit technically? They have lots of seeds. So you say zucchini? Yeah, zooks. Yeah. I we think are, cuc cucumbers are just strictly better as zucchini. I think zucchini is trash. Yeah. And well, it, but, it's super healthy if you use it as like a. Uh, pasta replacement saves you tons of calories Tom. get rid of that stomach oh yeah no i understand Ooh. it could save me a bunch of calories but have you ever tasted calories they're so fucking delicious yeah bro you gotta understand we're the we're the chad belly podcast right have you ever noticed how uh i'm always drinking diet soda it's from fear of becoming a fat guy again oh i drink diet soda and i'm still a fat guy it doesn't help I don't know what to tell you then, Tom. Yep. Now, I, I do have to say that you were talking about how maybe 
you you feel like you are kind of getting getting chubby and you are absolutely not you look great and you you should think that you that you look great and you should have none of those old worried emotions about how you look again well i definitely um, notice it in your face brian for what it's worth dude, dude what the fuck uh, are you hitting on me here that's a little weird but uh in november i went to a wedding down in charleston south carolina and uh, I got back and I weighed myself and I was almost I was almost 184 and I was like holy shit. So uh, since then I switched my breakfast to eating just a cup of Greek yogurt in the morning and it honestly keeps me full until my lunch break at one. And I've lost about eight and a half pounds since then. Good for you. I so, eat when uh, I'm not Greek hungry yogurt, because depression. Magical. But yeah, bro, this is not our podcast. We gotta stop right now. We're, Brian, we're, we're this talking is, about diet. Listen, this is what this is not want our podcast, bro. This is not no. This is not the virgin about breach. This is not the virgin six pack podcast. This is the Chad beer belly podcast, right? This is our favorite beers. Then this is rolling rolling up to Dunkin' Donuts to get a twelve pack of fucking sticks. I haven't had a drink that's our week and a half. What is is Dunkin' Donuts a Boston thing? I thought like you guys had Krispy Kremes and stuff up there. Motherfucker, Dunkin' Donuts is Boston. Boston. Yeah, Tom, you got to say that line. Boston. You're from Connecticut. It's like half Boston. No, I'm not from that side of Connecticut. Oh, okay. He's from the pop collar side of Connecticut. That's Uh, right. Yep. (sighs) Yeah. Surprise! uh, Surprise! You voted for Obama. I'm pretty turned right now. I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) I love how this podcast, like half the time it's politics, another quarter of the time it's like about like whatever random shit happened that week and it's like 25 percent magic whenever i tune in it's like hardly ever about magic well bro i was teasing our guest for next week actually to uh to topher and adam earlier today and i was there i was like i'm not gonna tell you who it is and they're like is it a is it a magic personality and i was like bro are we a magic podcast like don't ask stupid questions you get stupid answers like nobody's so obviously it's a magic not. podcast this is a lifestyle podcast yeah, so why don't we talk about my suggestion of favorite beers? Well, because I thought you were joking. Like, your favorite beer is obviously Michelob Ultra, right? No, oh, that's funny. Um, I'm guessing yours is Sam Adams because you can't drink anything that's not from Boston. I hope uh, you're talking Well, to Tree, Treehouse and Trillium are from Boston. I've I... had neither. Oh, oh, my God. So I will say this. Uh, I prefer wheat beers. Yeah. Uh, I like half of Eisen's. Oh, no. I thought you meant like Miller Lite. No. Yo, just because uh, Miller Lite has like is a, a grain German of wheat. beer, so I think uh, I've talked about it once with Julian before in the past. But uh, Wine Stefaner Hefeweizen, it's my number one. It's very good. Okay, mine mine is definitely Treehouse's Haze. They have some special limited releases that I have enjoyed more, but their standard sort of always available one is haze and that's like brewery only they they don't distribute yet but they're expanding quickly and it is amazing maybe you can bring some for me yet for the next uh leaving a legacy i will make sure that i stop by treehouse it actually should be on your drive it's right off of the pike so if you if you take the pike from syracuse you'll go buy it you'll probably be there like you'll be driving by it too early in the morning because you have to get up pretty early to get out there and you'll be playing in top eight, so it might be closed when you go back. So um, I will, I'll do my best after I 2-2 drop to run out and grab some <laughs> for you. 
<laughs> you're too kind Tom. yeah but uh I, so i think it was the second one it was the one i scrubbed out of on my way home i'm on uh what is it the throughway i forget what it's what, 90 not it's 90 and i'm driving back to syracuse i am just past albany so i'm like in the part of new york where it's like kind of just mostly farmland and i'm going about like 82 and i see a cop on the other side drive by me and i'm like fuck should i like pull off the like throughway and wait for like half an hour and get back on i'm like "Uh, they're going the opposite way i'm probably fine sure enough 15 minutes later they catch up to me and they're like do you know how fast you were going and i'm like ah shit and then I'm like, yeah. And they're like, how fast do you think you're going? I was like, is this a trick question? And they're like, you're going 89. I'm like, I was certainly not going 89. I was going 82. And she's like, well, you're. I'm going to mark you for going 89. I'm like, I was not going 89. And then she's like, license and registration. Uh, she was, air quotes, nice enough to give it to me for 84. Because I guess at 85, I, get, I lose my license. Oh, Or geez. something like that. Uh, so... I fortunately had a friend that was a lawyer that got it reduced to a parking ticket, but I was not super happy because I was definitely not going 89. Screw New York State. I was coming back from Grand Prix Toronto, and I got a ticket for driving in the left lane of an empty highway. Not speeding, driving in the passing lane because I had it in cruise control just sitting in the left lane. And I got pulled yep. over, and I got a ticket. That's trash. That person needed to fill their quota. Absolute trash, New York State. So I, got, I lost my license for getting a uh, 91 and a 55 on 87 and heading to Syracuse back in the day. So we've all we've all been fucked now. Yeah, but so then, I mean, that, then, I then 91 and a 55, that's oof. So I don't drive to the Leaving Legacies anymore. Uh, the last few times I've been driven by Dick Fisher. Uh, who's a big Eternal Glory podcast uh, fan. I don't know if Richard listens to your podcast or not. No, he probably then, only uh, listens to good ones. Oh, yikes. Need some self-confidence there, Tom. First, your beer got out of this. Um, and then the last one was by another uh, friend from, from the Vault game. So I've been pretty lucky that I haven't had to drive at 4.30 in the morning yet. Bro, so you're always saying you're coming with these from the vault games guys. Do you like tell them in the car, like, listen, when we get in there, don't talk to me? Because I never see any of them in there. <laughs> no, they were all wearing from the vault gear last time. We all hung out. Um, it was great. Yeah, I definitely don't remember that. But well, uh, you were pretty busy at the lower tables, Ian. Maybe could, uh, it could, I guess you could that's see us all the way up there. Yeah. <sighs> must have been it. Dude, I, I was actually going to talk to you about this. When I live in Cleveland, I heard Cleveland is close to Syracuse. Can I just drive to Cuse and then get a ride with you guys to the Leaving Legacy? That is not even remotely true. Cleveland is like six hours? Maybe eight? Isn't that close for the Midwest, though? I'm not in the Midwest. You're basically in the Midwest. I'm in central New York. Cleveland is five and a half hours. Oh, I'm thinking of Buffalo. You're in Syracuse. I'm sorry. Buffalo is three hours. Yeah. Shit. Syracuse is smack dab between Albany and Buffalo. Right. Syracuse is pretty much four hours from anything good. It's four hours from Toronto, Philly, Boston, New York. It's like five and a half hours from D.C. Wait. There's oh, no okay, never mind. That makes sense. Half. That makes sense. Is it really? Yeah. Five and a half hours from D.C.? Yeah, 
assuming that you're going like 75 to 80 yeah wow because they miss the, the direction that they're coming probably misses the whole corridor traffic that we get if we drove to dc because right. we hit new york and, and it's just a yeah, mess the whole so way down from syracuse is in between two highways you're you have 90 which is the throughway and then you have route 81 so you get to go north or you get to go east west north south very very easily like uh, montreal is actually only three hours away It doesn't sound so bad, honestly. It's fine. Like Syracuse is a small city. Um, so if it's so, know. if it's like so centrally located, why is it like a, a wasteland? Well, is it a wasteland or is it more of like a like a like a college town? Is it a college town? Syracuse is the largest college in New York State. It's okay. like that's why all the like the the sports are here. I just like, remember driving up there by, like, Rome and Verona and stuff and being like, Well, oh, that's, man. like, the middle of fucking nowhere. Syracuse is an actual city. True. It's like me calling uh, Belchertown, Boston. Belchertown. That's a real yeah. town, man. I'm surprised you know about that. I know well, it that's, is. It's that's a highway Fisher's exit from. sign on the pike when he, when he comes here. Belchertown. There's, you know how many times I've taken a photo of that sign? How many? At least twice. Um, but Scott Fisher, the magic artist who has done Burning Wish, is from Belchertown. Not to be confused with Dick Fisher? Correct. Two different people. Scott and Richard are not the same. Uh, but a couple of years ago, for every year I do a writer's gift for the uh, writers on the com. I did Burning Wish prints, so I contacted Scott Fisher and... He's like, no one's ever asked me for Burning Wish before, so I've never made any prints. I'm going to have to request the art file from Wizard. So I had to wait two weeks while Scott Fisher got the art file. And he's like, yeah, no one's ever asked me. I didn't think the card was like this good. So uh, I got the first ever Burning Wish prints made. I got a pretty large one for myself. It's like 24 by 36. And then I got like 24 by like 11 or 18 by 11s for all the writers. He's the dude who puts, like, a dead fish in his signature, right? Yeah, that's him. It's pretty sweet. We should do uh, we should do podcast guest gifts, Tom. Should we? What? Okay, what would we give our podcast guests? Because I'm, I'm all for this. In fact, I was trying to think about what we want to do when we get around to episode 100. But what would be the most... What about on- tokens? Tokens? Yeah. Like tokens of our affection? Sure. Yeah. What what would your token of affection be, Anne? What's your your token? You could also do... Uh, so one thing that it would be a cool <laughs> idea. So let's say it's episode 100. Half, half an Adderall and a lip. <laughs> so you could do creature tokens. A plus one, have, plus one Adderall counter. <laughs> every guest that you've had or every episode like just a topic, and then make a token out of that topic or guest and then at the end so, uh, you can either sell or give away like these token packs because like the ones that i buy through like uh, make playing cards you can actually get like decks reasonably cheap like a hundred individual cards would probably be like 10 bucks so i don't know it'd be like probably like a thousand dollars if you wanted a hundred different token packs or whatever Okay, so we get Rich Shea's face on uh, on cauliflower. Oh, All right, oh, we okay. get um, Kevin Jones. 
On what? Not on Cauliflower. That... No, like, Kevin Jones on? Yeah, some death metal shit, yeah. Did he talk about how he's only ever beaten me once in his life? Uh, first yeah. Thing, first thing he said. He I said he's it. he's one and one, or one for one against you, Lifetime. Uh, he's like one for 32 against me. I don't, so I've gotten such an effect on Kevin where he'll talk himself out of winning matches against me. It doesn't matter the format. Uh, there was once where he had double meddling mage plus another hate bear and just like kept on talking himself out of winning lines and I ended up beating him that game. Uh, he was like so afraid to to attack with these meddling mages because he thought that I was going to like flash in a snapcaster out of my storm deck or something. Wow. Kevin got in my head pretty good it, going, playing for top 8 of a PTQ recently. Uh, it was limited. It was uh, War of the Spark limited, sealed. Great and, limited format. Yeah, and we're, we're both XO and we're paired against each other and he's like, oh, fuck. Like, he'll walk him over the table and I was like, what? He's like, legacy players suck at limited so you obviously have a broken deck. And I was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> I was so I was so tilted that I well honestly I just lost the match. It wasn't because of tilt. He's just a good player, but yeah. We were he, in the same game draft once. You and I. Yeah, you messaged me. You're like, I'm oh yeah, mom. that's right. Yep. So now I have a stupid thing on the side of my moto screen that says Jester's mom. Bro, my I get so many fucking nerds trying to hit on me because they think I'm like a, a woman with my screen name. They're like, they're like, I've always had a thing. Does that really happen? Yeah, bro. There's this one guy who's done it like three times, and every time I'm like, I'm not a mom. He's like, I've always had a thing for moms. I'm like, dude, enough already. Like, are you joking, or do you not remember that we talked yesterday? Some people are just looking for love, Ian. Yeah, in all the wrong places. Or all the right places. And I just want to know, why do you keep on referring to this dude instead of just saying his name as Jerry Me? <laughs> That's pretty good. <sighs> yeah. I feel like this is the last Leaving a Legacy episode I was on, where like we don't actually talk about anything for an hour and 15 minutes, and then eventually they ask me to leave. Yeah. I mean, Tom doesn't have work tomorrow. I I have a doctor's appointment. I have I I'm I'm gonna be blind for the second half of the day. I somehow need to manage to make it to my grad school at night, and I'm not gonna. I don't have no idea how it's gonna work. So we'll. So you two seem to know a lot about each other's schedules. Like, do you share a Google calendar and like? We do. I each other's hair. I wake up in the morning to make sure that I, I get the itinerary for what Ian is doing and I put it on my whiteboard and any time the half an hour block that we, we schedule, that we make time for ourselves um, gets screwed up. I have, I have a sad day. I have a sad day. Like, I yeah. can see you two, like, meeting for lunch every day. Like, hey, man, I'm, like, right down the road. Are you going to come get, like, a hoagie with me? Honestly, no, I'm bro. feeling pizza today. I've, I've only ever seen Tom four times in my life. Do you believe that? I don't believe that. It's almost true. It is a very low number, for sure. Yeah. And the only reason that we know each other's schedule is because we're in the same secret group chats. I know. You told me I wasn't allowed in it last time I asked. 
It's did a I very say that or did I just it's laugh? It's a very tight-knit community. It's fine. You let, you let people like Jerry me in, but all of a sudden I'm not allowed. I guess. <laughs> Bro, Jerry's the, the entertainment. Jerry gets a pass. All right. All right, Tom, before you mentally check out and start picking Dreamfoil, we need your input on Samu 27. On this list. Tribal Flames. Uh, okay, so I, I'm actually a big proponent of Tribal Flames. I love that card. It, maybe not in Legacy. Um, I, I have very fond memories of Modern Masters 2. I can't remember if it was Modern Masters 1 or 2, but I drafted a deck that had 6 Rampant Gross and 5 Tribal Flames, and it was disgusting. Yeah, it was paper but, packs. Okay. Um, the... And I also played a modern deck with, like, the Death Shadow Zoo deck that played Tribal Flames as well. But, uh, Wild Nakatl and Legacy, mm, I don't know. I don't know. This is the uh, the Blue Zoo deck from the Memento Misstep days. This, it, that's exactly what this is. I, I just, every time I see a deck that's centered around these, like, the one-drop creatures that aren't Delver, I, I, I guess it, it has Delver... But that are being played in addition to Delver, I just I I don't know. Right? Yeah, I mean it does seem like Nakano could just be Swiss Spear, is that what you're saying? Or that it's it's playing a larger number of creatures than a regular rug Delver. Like you look at most of the spells and the the choices of cards that are getting played, and it's like rug Delver with a little bit of extra creatures and you're playing Tribal Flames too. And so, no Wastelands, but still days. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you have to sacrifice Wastelands when you're playing a card like Nakato. Yeah. Right? So I, I'm i not exactly sure that this deck does anything better than the traditional, or more traditional Delver decks do. And I think that since we're talking about a League deck right now, just, it, it's a 5-0, right? It's Isn't not like this it, supposed to be the fun podcast? No, but okay, so Ian brings up decks where he's like, listen, look at this, it's in a league. And I go, it's a league, here's why I don't really like it, right? Like, we talked about it, it was fun to talk about it, but I don't necessarily need to say like, oh yeah, I'm totally on board. I think that zoo decks are back on the menu. What I'd really like to do with this is let's drop the blue cards and play step links and have more explosive one drops and then play some more burn. Why don't why don't we do that? So one, I think that trying things is how you expand. Like uh I've mentioned this previously on other podcasts, but when you try things out, sometimes you find things that might work like Mox Opal in your Storm deck or Hope of Gear Burr. But who knows? Like maybe Wild Nakadal is primed to come back. But like think about I'm gonna play Devil's Advocate here. Like, I don't actually think Wild Nakadal is terrific in here, especially when you look at the main deck. There's no reason to run planes other than Tribal Flames and Wild Nakadal. However, that said, White's one of those colors that gives you the best sideboard options. Yeah, Lavinia. That's where where I think this list went wrong, is that the sideboard options in this board aren't that great. Like, sure, Canadus, Lavinia, and Containment Priest are all fine, but, like, White has Rest in Peace that you're not playing, or so many other things uh where you could gain an advantage there and 
I think like you're just not running the powerful white cards for when you're already splashing for white and you could be doing so. That's a good point, actually. There there is only uh four Tom Grace in this list in terms of grace. Also, this deck cannot be a twenty twenty merit age at all. So maybe a couple copies of Swords to Plowshares. Um there's two path to exile. I don't know. Maybe you don't want that in your list. But I also wonder, like, do you need Tarmogoyf from the true names? Could those just be more one-drops, and this deck could even be lower to the ground? And then if you're not running Tarmogoyf, you could run Rest in Peace? Like, these are just, like, interesting thoughts to have. I also don't think that this deck needs 18 lands. Yeah, that seemed really crazy to me, 18 lands. I thought I was expecting with to no see 16. no Wasteland, I could see 16, yeah. I'm re- I agree with you. Sorry, I'm rambling. No, no, I, are, I totally agree with rambles. that. And yeah, Brian, to explain... I call you Brian again, I'm sorry. Brian, to explain... Don't let it happen again. Tom, uh, like this is like uh, the glory days part of the, the podcast where I, I like these decks and then Tom gets to pretend to be a spike again, like it's 2016. And uh, tell that's me right. how this, these, these are bad cards. So that that's sort of like the... Uh, you know, the it's, it's, me, it's me just hanging shrewd. on to my past... Um, where I'm nothing but a but a filthy scrub now. So, Tom and I have had a couple of pretty good matches back during his glory days. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would have called them his glory days, but apparently that's what Tom calls them. So, I mean, yeah, they're they back back in the day, three, four, sh- five. Wow, that many years ago. Damn. Tom, you used to come to the Jupiter events way back when, right? Um, I don't believe I have been to one of the Jupiter Games events. I may okay. have gone to one or two when I was traveling a little bit more, but I definitely didn't regularly go there. Okay. Those events were nuts. Like People don't think back to that, but those were a 5K every single month. And at the time, I think people sort of took them for granted. So uh, where, wait, where is this? They were in Binghamton, New York. The store still exists, but the ownership changed. And when the ownership changed, the new owners didn't see the value in it. And they tried to do it for a little while, but they weren't advertising the events. So you went from 160 to 180, down to 120. 120 happened for like three months in a row. And then all of a sudden it was 80 to 60 to event series canceled. But they were guaranteeing 5K every single month for three years maybe four years and it was glorious that's crazy man i didn't know about that at all yeah that was back back it ended sometime around 2011 2012 no it was 2013 about because i was out of college and still playing them and i graduated in 2011 okay did you get help bro what no I graduated on time. Oh, fuck. You're uh, so... You're, yeah. I'm sorry. 2011. Jeez. That's my fault. Uh, but I was writing for Jupiter Games at the time. It was my first ever official writing gig. This is before the EpicStorm.com. And they were paying me $175 in store credit every month. And back then, Black Border Underground Seas, kid you not, were like $90. So I own 40 Black Border Duels. But a lot of that was just from like writing credit and tournament winnings. So I was just, like, hoarding up legacy staples that were nice at the time. So I have a lot of, like, older legacy foils and Black Porter duels from that era of Magic. Yeah, I but... was working at a game store 
getting paid in store credit, running tournaments, and doing their magic singles, where we we would never get black bordered stuff. We would never get really nice stuff coming through the door. But that's where I picked up my legacy collection, just getting dual lands and things like that when they came in. Yeah, it was great. And now all that stuff is unaffordable. Bro, I meant to ask you. I saw you list an alpha gauntlet of might recently. Yeah. Do you have other alpha cards? I think that might be the only thing. I have no nostalgia for things that are old. Uh, I didn't start playing until Invasion Block, which is why I use Invasion Basics. Uh, that gauntlet of might was actually a birthday gift from a friend who's like sort of a casual magic player. I Every like year I meet up with him once or twice when we play uh, EDH. And that was like a gift to me one year because I was practicing Gauntlet. And at the time, Gauntlet of Might was like, that Alpha Gauntlet, I think he bought for like 60 or $75 back wow, in like Jesus. 2008. And uh, once sold on eBay, kid you not, for 2500 that was like a PSA 8.5. And I'm like, yeah. mine's nicer than that. It's Let me list up. this. So was the one that sold. Oh, okay. But also, Christopher Rush is dead. That signature is not worth, make the card worth less. Um, no, so you're I right. Think, but so somebody wanted to buy one, and I thought that I was like setting you up with a seller, but he's like, I don't want to sign one. That's why I mentioned it. Okay. Well, I had a bunch of people messaging me being like, I'll give you 700 I'm like, no, I'm not going to take 700 Then I had a guy that was like, well, I'll give you up to 11 but no more. And I'm just not going to deal with, like, the Alpha 40 crowd that's trying to screw Yeah, over, dude, so. fuck those guys. <laughs> I, I get it. You're in this, like, cool group, and all of you have thousands of dollars to spend on Alpha Lotus is cool. No, and that's not that's not what it is, bro. I mean, there are, there are a couple of guys like that, but a lot of it is just, like, people trying to scalp. Like, they'll buy it from you and try to sell it in the group. There's, like, five, pe- like, really shysty people in that group. So I'm just not dealing with that. I'm going to keep this stupid alpha gauntlet of might and just sit on it. I mean, an alpha... It was a gift from your gauntlet. friend, right? Yeah, like, but also, like, it's only going to go up in value. It's never going to go down. I'm just not going to deal with it. Yeah. What was your friend's name? Trevor Brown. I'm going to look him up on Facebook. Let him know you're selling. He, he knows. He told me that I better buy him dinner, and I told him, sure. Pasolini's, baby. Pa- Possibilities. 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 Every year we actually meet around the holidays and we exchange gifts. This year he got me a framed, signed Pete Alonzo uh, picture. See, Pete Alonzo have... is a New York Metropolitan. Pete Alonzo. He's rookie of the year, hit 53 fucking home runs, Ian. Okay. Sounds like a Nick. Like. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Laker fan. My name is Bryant, and I grew up in the thousands. You're a Laker fan, really? Yeah, I just said why. Because your name is... Oh, I get it now. Tom, you chose for him to be your co-host? I, I did. It it kind of happened. But I I really would have <laughs> thought that somebody from New York was, would be like, like diehard New York. That's... I mean, I am a Mets Giants fan. Okay. But Kobe was the fucking man. Yeah, and the Knicks have been so bad for so long. Bro, you gotta understand. Like, first of also, all, I chose to be a Mets fan. I'm not gonna be a Jets fan. I can't do that to myself. Um, I don't really care about hockey, so I'm not like an Islander fan. 
or so, sabers. Like, so Tom doesn't Tom doesn't understand the significance of all of this. There's like there's two types of people, right? In our generation, Brian and I's generation, where you're, <laughs> it used to be like Mets Jets was a thing because they end in Mets, but it's like it's actually Jets fans usually go with the Yankees and Giants fans usually go with the Mets. Like in my generation, like all my friends, like yep. ten out of ten, they break that way. It, is it, like it really a, is says it a something geographical about, thing? No, it just says something about the person. Like what so, they value I don't in know life. if it's uh, generational for me. That's how my dad's uh, fandom was. So when I was getting into sports, that's where I got it from. My dad was a big Lawrence Taylor fan, but he grew up from a very young age uh, being a Mets fan. Okay. He was a real big fan of Tom Seaver, which is why I have that baseball. So I'm pretty sure the Mets were established in like 1970. 62. Oh, really? Come at me, Tom. Wait, I'm sorry. 62 what? <laughs> or I'm sorry, Ian. Ian, my bad. <laughs> I slept. Yeah. They won the World know. Series in 1969. Yeah. The Miracle Mets. That's what I was thinking of. You gotta believe. But no, I, I don't know, man. Like, it, it, there's, there's definitely, like, are your friends the same way, Brian, or no? Like, they, they're either Jets, Yankees, or Mets, Giants. A lot of the other Mets fans that I know that are my age from this area are also Mets, Giants. Yeah, like, what is that? Uh, it's tough liking two teams that are owned by terrible ownership. Uh, like, both the Mets and the Jets have terrible uh, leadership up top. So it's just, you don't want to like something that's so disappointing in every single sport. So, yeah, this was a, this was a good episode, man. Honestly, Brian, I feel like you, you gave it as, as well as you got it. I, uh, I was looking forward to this episode, and I think uh, for the most part it lived up to the hype. You definitely uh, burned me a few times with the uh, subtlety of a brick and saw on my back, but <laughs> I'll, learn, I'll learn, you know. I'm going to take this back to the lab study and i'll be ready for next time and i look forward to your podcast coming on friday thank you if you want to find you on twitter or the source or any other place you might be how does they do that i am bryant a cook on twitter you can also find me at mtg the epic storm on twitter i don't really post on the source anymore uh you can check out the and uh, there's YouTube content going up at youtube.com slash C slash The Epic Storm. What's the C for? Uh, YouTube does it for channel. So if oh, okay. you're a dedicated channel. Gotcha. I think uh, if you could also type channel instead of using the C, I suppose. Yeah. Cool. Tom, people want to find you? T Smiley MTG, and you can follow the cast at Dead Format Cast. Dead Format Cast at gmail.com. Um, at 8. A, at Ian18125 and uh, yeah it's a wrap good night everybody this was the sloppiest episode we've ever had bro <laughs> <laughs>